Welcome to the Art Shift Podcast. This week's episode is a conversation with Louisa Powell. Uh, This week's podcast I find really interesting because Louisa has such a unique and diverse background. She has a architectural design degree from MICA and also a master's degree in sculpture from the University of Georgia. Louisa currently splits her time between her abstract sculpture and installation work at the same time as her charcoal drawing business at Carbon Rendered. Brittany had a chance to catch up with Louisa in her DC-based studio to talk about um, topics and just in terms of hearing Louisa's overall artistic and professional story, navigating your career as an artist between the work that you have to do and sometimes the work that you want to be doing, and also diving into some more of the concepts behind Louisa's work in terms of interconnectivity within her work and also how that affects the larger world as a whole. So hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Thank you for for joining us. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my last, um, I was trying to think when we were starting this the last time I, or if I've ever done an interview like this, aside from like a college phone interview I was on my um, elementary school news show for one year in sixth grade, and that's that's about the extent of my experience. Oh, so um, well, we'll see if it prepped me for this. I think I think it did. I think, and I also <laughs> think the interview. I mean, we're not going to pull the plug on you, so okay. you don't have to. You don't have anything to worry about. But, um, so kind of. Tell us, like, kind of high-level overview about a little bit about your background, kind of coming into art, um, maybe, like, starting from early interest, kind of going, getting into art school, um, and kind of just about that little road, kind yeah. of how, what, what, what's got you to this point? So, I, um, it's funny looking back, too, because this exact question is sort of what I wrote for every um, like application to art school, like what I, the transition I made up until then, then like applying to grad school and then now applying for shows or for grants. Um, and I, I don't know if this experience is unique to me, but just what feels specific about my storyline is just that I've never had one, um, one overarching, love interest that that was greater than others I I played basketball I ice skated I thought I wanted to be an ice skater at one point you know for one year in third grade um I like played I started playing field hockey seriously in middle school I was really into the school plays in middle school and I was trying to decide if I want to be an actress or play field hockey you really couldn't do both after school that's another topic of the issue of like having to choose things so young and if you want to be serious Mm -hmm. but I just I felt like I I I wasn't sure if I was unfocused and undisciplined growing up or if I just liked a lot of different things and there was I just didn't feel like there was an opening to be able to be there's some funny made-up idea that you're either like being a sporty person and being artistic are two different things um and then so yeah so then I played field hockey seriously and just I didn't know what I wanted to do and I just rode that train longer and I, I went to college to play field hockey and realized that wasn't quite right. Um, I took time off. That was like unheard of with my friends. What is she doing with her life? Uh, waited tables, transferred multiple times, and then ended up h- happy with um, the, the school I graduated from at MICA, Maryland Institute College of Art, because I felt like that program was pretty broad. It was just about learning how to, how to think um, in a, a big picture, have a big picture point of view. Um, and because when you're designing a community, designing a building, designing, um, like doing urban planning, you need to be, you, you need to be able to consider many factors at once. And so that definitely laid the foundation for me. Um, when I was doing my final thesis project in undergrad, I was most excited by physically making and getting lost in this dragonfly wing model, which I can give you a picture of. Um, 
I mean, it's just this little, like uh, I was cutting mat board and it was very, it, it was fulfilling to me in a way that, of course, using like AutoCAD on the computer just wasn't. And then that propelled me to take the two years um, I, when I was waiting tables between undergrad and grad school at Georgia, where we met, um, to to just try to build up a sculpture portfolio. So I even had any real sculptural work to apply to grad school with. And um, and then I, I've definitely, I think that, and then I did the three-year program, graduated, and now it's been almost three years since. And I have done some sculpture, but I guess one of the things we're going to talk about is the fact that I've, I've had to kind of take a step back um, from doing some of the, the work that means so much to me to figure out how to make a living in a sustainable way that will support um, me being able to keep that sculptural work in that place that it, that it was in when I was in grad school, which was just, it, um, it just felt like untouched by the outside world. I could be in my studio and, and follow crazy ideas without worrying about um, what they meant uh, or like what a practical application could be or what how I was commenting on society. I didn't have to worry about that. I could just go for it. And I want to be able to keep doing that. And I think I, um, if you had asked me three years ago when I graduated, would I have imagined spending as long as I have doing mostly drawing and only, uh, I've only, I spent a few months getting ready for one sculpture show last year. Um, but other than that, I've basically just been doing representational charcoal drawings um, that I'm slowly getting more excited about as a way to, to you know, use my skills to sell a product and make money. Um, you know, anyway, if you'd asked me that three years ago, I couldn't imagine spending this long focused on drawing. But now I, um, I do feel like I'm finally making progress and I can see that this weight feels like it's lifting and it's sort of once again, the like sort of putting my head down, listening to myself and following my gut allow has allowed me to, to, to create the right parameters for me to do my best work, which is, which is just no stress. I'm just not, um, my, uh, now I'm, I'm really going every direction, but the, the sculptural work that I do is um which you'll see photos of uh, yeah Louise actually does um her sculpture primarily consists of materials such as um insulation foam um you got it paper the other kind of foam i'm i'm drawing a blank. foam core foam core yes foam core insulation foam paper um, mat board some spackle yeah um and if you're following on Along on the YouTube channel, I have some images uh, kind of corresponding with this to, to give you a look. But she kind of builds up these forms and then kind of takes them um, back down in a very abstract way. And that's kind of part of her process. And it's um, it it's just very if you looked at it, you would maybe or I mean, it it it, it looks very different from the drawings, especially when I started doing the drawings, um, they, they, I mean, they, they, they weren't related. I, I, I learned how to draw in my early college courses and kind of left it behind and just for me figured that, oh, wow, I can consolidate. If I work for myself, if I do commission drawings for people, I could, you know, spend many hours, many days in a row churning out drawing work and then work many days in a row on the sculptural work. It's just, that's what's appealing to me that the, the, the sculptural work is about, um, you know, it, it can only be this thing that I'm like chasing if I am able to get lost in it and able to, and it usually takes hours just to even get in the right mindset to feel, to feel lost in it. Um, and I mean, I guess that brings us to today. Hmm. Well, just so, you know, for like, I guess, you know, my own question on this is how did you go from, you know, like this thought of doing like sculpture, I guess, like 
you know, because you went and kind of did architectural design, like how did you go from, where was that thinking of like, oh, I want to go from design to sculpture, or is that just something that was interesting to you? Um, yeah, just yeah, I th- talk a I, bit about that. I really enjoyed, well, for one thing, because of all my transferring, my architectural education was pretty condensed. Um, and the, I, so I, I, I mean, there was a, only a short time that I thought I was sure I was going to be an architect. Um, and I, but I just realized I was fighting what architecture is. If to be a good architect, I think you really need to love some of the things I wasn't so excited about. I, I just wanted, I wanted to be the Frank Gehry, um, where, I mean, you hear the story that he crinkles up, um, you know, tissue and put it on the table and said, this make a building. And then engineers hate him because that's like, that's not any, that's just a beautiful shell. What does that have to do with anything? And I'm not commenting on that, but I, I just realized that I would be fighting myself. I, to be an architect, you've got to be willing to work crazy hours. You're constantly trying to apply for these bids for projects. You don't get them. And it's just a game. How many hours can you work basically? And so I knew I'd work hard, but there are people who would work just as hard, but then also love it more than I did. And so I thought I'm going this far. I've like transferred five times. I'm sort of going down. I didn't transfer five times, but I went, I went to three colleges and took classes at a community college. So like four different schools for undergrad. Um, I, I, I might as well go all the way. I didn't realize that I was being safe. Choose. I thought I was being safe choosing architecture. It turns out you don't even make that much money if you don't own the firm. So it's, yeah, who was I kidding? (laughs) But I, um, uh, so, so just that last, that last semester, my thesis project, um, during, just during that time, I had gone from being, I'd take, I'd taken the GREs. I started applying to schools. I was ready to go to architecture school. And in making the model, that one dragonfly wing model, that the, the way that I just loved it on a deep level, like I had not enjoyed making anything I'd made that told me something that it had never occurred to me to be a fine artist, just make art that, that hadn't occurred to me till then. And also I, I got frustrated by the fact that you had, I felt like you had to make the architectural design concept into this package that wasn't, it didn't feel real. Like it felt sometimes like too much talk. Well, you're going to feel this way and this way when you walk through the space. And I thought, but do you actually, like you're putting together all these conceptual drawings, plan views, all these views that, oh, it makes these shapes when you look at it like this. And I thought, but what about you know, the virtual, the experience when you're walking through the space, does it really, is that really conveyed? And I just, there's something, I guess there's just some level of um, truth and rawness in sculpture that appealed to me, unlike any other medium, except maybe video. Um, because maybe in when you're working in 2D, it's still this idea that you're conveying mm-hmm. a version of a 3D reality, um, and even if you think you're not, you are because we see in 3D, we see depth. So you're, people are going to see depth in your 2D surface. But something about a, the sculpture, like the, it is the thing. It's not representing something else. It's this physical thing. And I, I, um, I like working with my hands. I, I don't know all the reasons, but I, I think that, and I, I like abstract forms and there's, I'm not so excited about the idea of trying to do a 2D drawing that there's an added step when you try to create depth in a drawing because you have to think, think it through. You have to consciously decide, I want like this hole to happen here. So I need to shade it like this, but with sculpture, it can just, you, you're the actual depth is just the thing itself. There's Mm -hmm. just, it's as I'm saying it, I'm sort of figuring out as I'm saying it, because I don't know exactly why 3D, why space is so appealing to me. But um, I think I mentioned too, like a, a one of those IQ learning disability tests that I took in high school um, had a section about spatial skills. And I remember finding it actually fun. And that was like what puzzles. I scored. Yeah. Puzzle, yeah. How, you know, how can you fit these shapes into this box quickly? And I just, I thought it was so fun. And, and then the, uh, the tester also said it made sense that I played uh, like a center back kind of center, um, defensive position in field hockey. Cause I, I liked being able to scan the whole field and look at the moving parts. There's just, it's just ingrained in me to, to 
be something I find interesting. Um, it's like the problem solving aspect yeah. of that. Yeah. And, and, and luckily my parents, um, I mean, they were just supportive of the idea and I, I didn't have anything big holding me back except a lack of experience because I hadn't taken a sculpture course and I, I was, I was definitely intimidated because I, I really had very little woodworking and welding and traditional um, sculpture fabrication skills. And, and so I just had to hope that architecture was close enough and that the programs would accept me. I mean, I think there's definitely, and when there's that kind of overlap in mediums, like architecture to sculpture, I mean, the way you're thinking, what are the like overlaps in thinking about space and yeah. also like experience and, you know, kind of overlapping those two ideas, you know, I think there are a lot of commonalities that um, create like this, you know, really interesting area for some type of new evolution to happen, especially when you're an artist and you're, you're thinking about making um, outside of architecture, which is, which is something entirely different. And you're talking right. about going to making fine art. So... Um, then, so, okay, fast forward a little bit closer to today, but like how, what was the kind of this kind of thing that like sparked, you know, kind of starting Carbon Rendered, like, you know, was, you know, was there something that you did, like an art pro, you know, like a project that you took on that, you know, kind of was like, oh, I think I would enjoy doing this and I see overlaps in my work or what, was there something right. in particular? I definitely, um, you know, I... I did not know, I didn't think that when I started, right, but before I graduated, uh, when I was, you know, busy working on my uh, sculpture final pieces for our, um, and, you know, end of the program show, I, I was already thinking ahead that, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do, I was doing these charcoal drawings before, I got to school and I did them, you know, on winter break and um, in the summers. And I just, I had this idea that it would give me the most autonomy, just mm -hmm. like with my life. I would be able to direct my schedule and my days and one of these, these forces that subconsciously, that would impact my work, my sculptural work and not make it be all that it could be. But then as I realized it was going to take me a little longer than I had expected or hoped to get going. And I'm just building momentum to see a sustainable income doing these drawings. I, I realized, well, shoot, if why, why not also it, be excited by what I'm doing? If I'm going to spend this many hours doing it mm -hmm. and I want this autonomy, I want this control. Why not? I, I was, I, I mean, I was surprised, but I have found that I, 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 um, I think I can bridge the gap I can, uh, between my, my drawings and my sculptural work. And I just, I don't think uh, the same way that my sculptural work took almost like the three years of grad school. When I first got there, just what I was making had nothing to do with what I was saying I wanted to make because it just took me a while to master not just the skills, but just how to convey what I wanted to inform. It just took a while. And I, I just was at the tip of the iceberg by the end of the three years. And so I feel like that same evolution is, I mean, different, but a, a, a parallel evolution has happened with my drawings where I couldn't, I couldn't have made the, the, the most recent drawings I've done. I couldn't have done those, even if I maybe almost had the skill to, I just couldn't have conceived of going in this direction three years ago. And now I just see a lot of potential for the drawings to still be commercial, to sell, and just in the very sense that they're on paper and someone can frame them and put them on their wall. Mm -hmm. Whereas my sculptures are, um, the materials can disintegrate and uh, they take so long to make that I would need to sell them for, some. I mean, $50,000, $100,000 to be able just to get enough per hour to be minimum wage. Cause I, I will, the, um, I spend anywhere from maybe three months to up to like a year and a half on the, my, my biggest piece that I uh, had for my, my thesis show. 
Um, Can you calculate that in hours? Or is I know, it just I like, you know, I is it better to. just to say like, you know, this many months I can. When I got so much, yeah, it's better. I, I, I think I tried to just to try to see how it'd be sustainable. But um, I'm, and you'll, you'll see, uh, Brittany took some beautiful video of yeah, I'll put close some up of, of the there. drawings. But um, I'm just, I'm at this point where, you know, I, it was pretty scary for a while because I, I wanted to believe that it was going in a direction, mm-hmm. but so many of the things that, I mean, there's so many career paths, but since we're talking about art here, um, and art is all about embracing the unknown, you just, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to have that, those reinforcing checked boxes as you go along you're not going to get an a plus on your first drawing and then an a plus on your second one and then build up to drawing two and drawing three like you're in school it's you um you have to hope that that as you keep you know you pause and evaluate every few weeks or months and you think am i do i still want to keep going on this track and if you do you got to put your head down and do it because something else we've talked about is that my drawings just weren't just even skill alone, they were, they were just a little bit more. I've gotten, I use higher contrast now. I'm starting to play with negative space. I mean, just simple stuff. But they, they've just purely from a visual impact point, they, they've, I've gotten more skill. And I just had to put in the hours to do that. And it wasn't. And every drawing I did didn't make money because it wasn't. I would try doing a drawing for a promotional purpose, mm-hmm. and it just it didn't end up panning out to be worth it per hour in that sense. But all the hours that I put in have, have just gotten me to where I am now. Um, uh, I, I think like the most recent drawings I've done, maybe I wouldn't have been able to do that. If I took out like 10 of the drawings I've done over the last three years that I'm not too excited about, I might not have been able to produce I see. what I did now. So, you know, when you started kind of carbon rendered in that, you know, kind of that project for yourself, that large project, yeah. you were doing mostly kind of commission work. And now there is over the past three years, your work has seen like this really amazing evolution with, um, you know, how you're you took, you know, kind of like commission work that were like architectural drawings. And now you're starting to like merge that with ideas that are within your sculpture, um, kind of like you know, ideas about landscape and, um, you know, it's hard to do a synopsis. I've been, I'm like, as you're, I can't even do it. So how can you do it? Um, it's like the, the thing, the, the thing that I go after in my sculptural work, I guess, um, the way that just kind of sounds dumb is this idea of seeking, uh, capturing a snapshot of everythingness and, you know, you hear all the time, like, we're all connected, everything's connected. But I feel like we hear that line so often, we don't necessarily even internalize it anymore. It's it's just like, uh, you know, noise in the background. And I'm, from a practical standpoint, the way, I, the ideas that I'm interested um, in, in my, in my sculptural work and now bringing into my drawings are, are just a reaction to, to um, how our world is I, I i i truly believe that we're at this point where our like humanity is kind of all, all people are becoming a and even i mean the whole earth is becoming this macro organism and if you look throughout like the whole history of the first matter that was on earth that was literally what happened it would be little uh disparate things come together and make a macro organism come together to make bigger things and bigger things and bigger right. things and we don't necessarily see it because we're all little you know, specks on the earth moving around alone, but we were like this amoeba that needs to work together. Everything you do is going to affect something else. Every time we try to, to make sure, uh, you know, these products don't have um, chemicals in, in them, but then we were having to spend more money to make them safer. And then these people are losing their jobs. And then this, this, on this other side of the earth, it's causing this problem, this health epidemic. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm very interested in, in how the, the or it's I'm I, I'm trying to explore the value of of um, people in in our time right now having the ability to see many factors at one time, being able to sort of zoom out from the earth like we're looking at it under a microscope and be able to see connections 
like visualizing, um, it's almost like a, a, a mapping of, um, our reality today, our complex reality. Um, and, and, and a, a kind of like a, a way I'll describe to people and they're like, what are you talking about? I think of the, just the most simple version where you see a, a photo of the earth and then you see all these lines connecting mm-hmm. like these dots. Yeah, the That's like the simple, like we're all, yeah. you can see, well, this affects this over here. Um, and, and, and I'm coming because I'm an artist. I'm not, I'm not coming from this from a scientific point of view, though I'm very interested in reading about all the different ways that like our reality is connected. Um, and I, what I am drawn to partially almost like a philosophical, spiritual place, just in, being in awe of complexity. Mm-hmm. And I think complexity is so beautiful. Like I can't believe that millions and millions of years have ended in this place. And I mean, I was going to keep going, hopefully, but, um, it's, and, and so that's half of it. And then the other place I'm coming from is just a, a a fascination with structure, with the the fact that you see all of these similar, um, growth patterns in, in, in man-made cities and in, um, you know, neural networks in your brain and, uh, your like vascular system in tree branches the forms that i create are absolutely i'm only interested in um you know creating abstract forms in sculpture and so it's it's funny that right now i'm starting to i'm thinking about the same ideas but right now it's everything's still in a pretty representational place with the drawings and i'm you know people have asked me now that i'm like I've said, you know, oh, things are starting to move towards towards my sculptural work. Um, well, would you would you be able to start drawing the way that you sculpt mm-hmm, these yeah. abstract shapes? And I I don't know, but the what I touched on earlier about thinking that maybe there's you lose a step because you have to think when you're trying to draw three D abstract forms on paper. You have to before you put something down, you have to decide to make the decision to have a form come in or out and how to um to convey that whereas the way that I sculpt I think of more as just second nature the way that a um pianist would just hit a key they don't have to decide I'm gonna go higher now they just hit that key and it makes that sound and you just know what's gonna happen so yeah I I think that you know in your sculpture especially, I mean, in your drawing as well, but I think that in your sculpture, like everything that you just said, like if you look at your sculpture, you can see kind of these this interplay of like systems within systems and like finding something new within that, that, you know, is undiscovered and untapped, but yet there's like a connection and a connectivity and a structure holding all these ideas together um, that I think, you know, I, I really think that it's really... It's, I don't know, like it's an essential part of life and this overlap between science and life and art and, you know, just like this, the larger universe. I, I think that all of those things are kind of the glue that's holding everything together. And I think that your drawings and your sculpture really embody that, that idea. But um. I hope, and, and I'm, I, I hope that I'll also be able to even maybe work in 2D like have the actual drawings and sculptures work together in some, even just like one form or whether it's drawings over here and sculptures yeah. over there and have them speak to each other. I don't know. And then one thing I'm trying to clean up what I, I just, I get kind of excited and I, it's just so abstract the ideas that I'm interested in that if I don't think them through, I I can go off in a direction because everything's so connected that you, I'll be thinking about it whatever I'm talking about reminds me of this other thing. And then here's this other example. And so that's why I guess it can be more difficult to talk about. Um, but one way to kind of like clean it up or like a put a, put a bow on it is just, I think the, because we are, it is freaking awesome that we're so, that we have this ability to be so connected and that means lots of different things, but it's just at any moment I know, no matter what time it is, I can, I can reach almost any human 
that I want. If they're famous, they're not going to see it or write back, but I can still reach they might, them. They might. They might. They might. <laughs> the, there's just, I think there's a value in, um, in a, like a worldview or a perspective that you just, that sort of like a lens you look through to see the world, that everything you're doing, every time you make a decision to throw something away, to walk out your door, just any, any decision you make in your life, you just always have this kind of buzzing sound. Like you, you are always aware that everything you're doing is connected to these other things. Mm -hmm. And they just were like, I I mean, politics is an extreme um, uh, example of something that's always black and white, right or wrong. You did the right thing. You did the wrong thing. And it's impossible. I I feel for even the most well-intentioned politician who wants to say this could be good, but we don't know because the world's going to be completely different in three days. And the decision as thought out as it is, if only we could just be more honest about that. But I think, um, I do, I, I find that some people like to think this way all the time about connectedness and then other people, you, it's not, they think it's not practical, but it's so practical because it, I mean, it would, it would, it has just all. It has a lot of practical implications with our economy, with our environment. Um, it's 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 sort of imperative, not just a luxury, to have time to reflect and see how everything is impacting everything else. It's like we need a whole, just a section of like a certain percentage of our world who's like only. We need special. We need specialization and generalization, and and maybe I just think things. During the um, uh, Industrial Revolution, we got too, we swung too far towards specialization. And now we're trying to catch up with all the progress we made during that time and balance it out with more generalists. Like, kind of take a pause and really kind of think about that and think about how we're going to move forward and our role in all of that. And I I can plug a a book. um, It's Thank You for Being Late. Mm-hmm. And yeah. have, okay, like even just the first, he's actually from he's I from DC, it, and he's at like he starts out in a coffee shop that's like you know around the corner from my house. So I thought that was funny, but his whole he he's just or he's just okay. making that argument that it's that it is not only a luxury but an absolute necessity to to factor in uh, these pause moments. And I know like with my own, like when you're drawing when when you're making art, you think. I don't have time to stop and reflect. I I'm, I won't get this done. I got to go, go, go. But in the big picture, taking like 1% of your time, 5% of your time even, you will end up making better work. You'll make smarter decisions. You'll have more interesting discoveries than if you're only in that kind of like tunnel vision mode all the time. Yeah. I, I think that kind of the world that we're brought up in and that we kind of exist in, like kind of going through like these systems of like, okay, we go to school and then we learn a certain way. We kind of learn mimetically, um, like in art school and, you know, the kind of that environment teaches you that, you know, we kind of go through the system this way. Um, and, and in that, and in a sense, it kind of, we, we, we put our own blinders on and then we have to kind of remind ourselves like, Hey, like we need to be thinking of like looking, looking more, like looking outside of ourselves rather than just thinking that, you know, there's, there's only one direction to go. And, and like you said, if you've been trained to do it how yeah. your whole life, it's no wonder that we all think this way. And that like every, it's the cliche, every generation mm-hmm. is like, can't understand the next generation. And when I think about some backlash now, um, I, like you hear some conservative older people saying, oh, like young people today, they're just they're just spending all their time trying to figure out what they want in life. You know, well, you need to work hard. And it, it, it's like a misunderstanding because 90 whatever percent of uh, people our age and younger mm-hmm. were at the top of or the old end of millennials. Um are just seeing the value in it, like searching for meaning and reflection. Um, it's it's not a it, it it's not about being lazy or just uh, being self indulgent. It's it's not supposed to be about that. It's just I I think you know it's kind of like the 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 previous like the generation like a two or the three gen you know the two generations before us. I think there was this 
kind of mindset that they were brought up in and that they were raised in that, you know, you need to do, um, you need to be considerate of, you know, your role in, 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 in society. But not only that is like, you know, you need to do your duty. You need to, um, you need to, well, right. I mean, I, I, that, and the irony, though, that does, I mean, that, I, I, that totally makes sense. And, and the irony is that sometimes the reflecting is trying to figure out how you can best serve society. Right. And, and the fact that if, going back again to the way that I'm, I just want, I, I just want to figure out how through my art to encourage people and get people excited about this, this, um, the, the fact that these, fast changes that are happening because it's exponential like oh one of the crazy oh my gosh I um I wish I could remember the I, I won't be able to else I don't want to on on record say the wrong uh numbers but the um like really internalizing what exponential like population growth means like it's just been the sh a very short period that we've gone from like three billion to nine I mean to mm -hmm. seven it's like 7.6 or something billion yeah. people on the planet right now like what that how can we that isn't nuts is we should wake up every day thinking are you kidding me there are so many people on this earth and they're just more and more and more and more that alone means so much in such a short period of time of the needs the the needs of are you the needs of like our parents are the needs five years ago have nothing to do with the needs today and and it's okay but we just we can't pretend it's not happening yeah i think that that evolution that, you know, just, you know, you and I, we were brought up in this time, like the internet was in like invented during right. our lifetime and like what that has done. And it, th over the course of the last, you know, um, last 15 years, let alone the last five, you know, what yeah, that alone and the potential, I mean, that alone has grown our world so much. And it's like, you know, that that you know the the Disney World ride like it's a small world like it kind of like is expanding and then also shrinking at the same time you know like because right, our right. connectivity yeah it you know that's true how interconnected we are to one another and how we can basically reach another person on the other side of the world that is that is a reality right now that you know previous generations didn't have the privilege of like engaging with and because we live in the time that we do like our reality is quite different in the way we think and the way I think that like maybe that the the thought process is moving into with like millennial kind of culture and thinking is you know thinking about how that progression like could be best utilized moving forward for sure and I I um because in uh, I, I, are we, I think we were, we've, we've been talking a lot the last two days while you've been in town <laughs> before doing this interview. Um, so I don't even know what we've said in this interview versus earlier today. But um, the, I, I try to think of it as, on one hand, it can be like a little scary when you think about the speed of change. But I just try to look at it as exciting and this sort of like beautiful responsibility. But it is a responsibility to... Um, you know, we, we are going to be in charge of our, or, or we, we will be the, you know, uh, saviors or destroyers of like the future of our planet. And this is the, I mean, the first time at least that we know of in our little universe, um, that like living beings have enough thought to be able to reflect on our own existence. And mm -hmm. I mean, now this has been for a while, but in, in the course of the history of the planet, it's just a little, you know, snippet of time. But I just think that there's meaning in that. Like, I guess that's sort of like when I, I think about how I'm spiritual, I think I'm, I don't follow any particular uh, religion. Um, I don't even, I done yoga once. Like it's not like any particular, anything that I follow, but this idea that there's there there is meaning in everything um just even from a purely scientific point of view the fact that we're able to to um to think about okay what's the internet doing to us we, we were able to develop it and now we can think about how it's impacting us and how we could use it to do the most good and yes for fun but just try to think to make sure we're not just letting it take control of us 
I've noticed right now, like on you know, all the new like TV shows coming out, like kind of like it's just a reflection of what's going on with culture. It's just yeah. show after show after show about you know we're gonna become we're all gonna become robots, and then the robots are gonna control us, and so it's there's oh, yeah, well that's there's, great. That's and it doesn't rational. have to be scary, <laughs> but it's it it's just uh it's something that we have to think about, but. I'm not worried about that happening quite yet, but, um, uh, the end. Okay. <laughs> We've covered a lot of ground here I see, and I see. how you're thinking about, you know, your work and your drawings and this interconnectivity and these, you know, these abstract ideas and forms kind of weaving themselves in and out of our world and our life and our kind of interconnectivity and, uh, to the larger, kind of sphere that we're living in like but how do you put all this like this thinking back into your work and how you're like making decisions and you know how do you how do you navigate that space like when you're thinking about all these ideas and then bringing all that back into your work and like trying to make decisions and and figure out like which way do I go like like how are you how are you thinking about those things I think, um, so in, in, in just an obvious case, just as an aside, of course, some of my drawings that are commissions to make money, a dog, someone's car, I, I can't pretend that right now those get me, really relate to the ideas we've been discussing. But all the, the excitement that I feel and just like the utter, like it's just, I'm not trying to come up with a thing to make my art about. It's like this thing drives me and then now I feel compelled to make art. Mm -hmm. I, the ideas are so important to me that I want them to be whatever, whatever uh, they're meant to be. And that can't happen if I'm too focused on how to, to make watered down versions to make money. And I, and, and there's nothing wrong if someone else is able to do that. Like they're able, they, they, because I think I maybe can do it with the drawings. Right. I think I could draw a dog and that won't take away from me them being able to to turn and work on a different idea. But with the sculptural, with those abstract forms, I just know that I, I can't... It, it'll literally get in my head if I kind of make like a simplified little shape and then try to sell it a little mini sculpture someone could put on their wall. It would just throw me off. And, and so um, I think that the the it's not that these ideas of connectedness are necessarily directly related to the idea of setting up a small drawing business but this setting up this business and trying to go you know just through trial and error figure out how to make a sustainable living that won't distract or um keep me from being able to to follow um my sort of like idealistic like um, you know, search uh, for truth in the world like this. Just that is really what I what I want to do with my art. Um, I I have just figured because I it's more that because I care about these ideas so much, it was important that I came up with a way to make a living that would allow me to make the best work um, when it came to the sculpture. Uh, just make the best work as possible. Um, it, it's. I think I think sometimes it's like artists, like you know, there's this like idea of like, well, what? How do we? How do we navigate this space of like you know, like modifying and and feeling out our practice of how how we're you know profiting and then also enjoying the work that we do. And I think that like artists take this in all different directions and there's really like no right or right. wrong. Like I think, you know, everybody has to kind of navigate that space for themselves. And I mean, that's kind of basically what you're saying is that, you know, like you took a shift from like, you know, sculpture into drawing, but, you know, in a lot of ways you're, you know, kind of like that through that trial and error you're talking about like navigating your way through and there isn't necessarily a right or wrong you just you know you you're going through and you you learn oh that I like this I don't like this and that's just I mean 
some people would say that's like, you know, not an effective way, but personally my experience, and I mean, maybe you can echo this, is that that is an, like an effective way of like navigating that for yourself and how you think about like, well, what is it that I'm doing? How am I, you know, how is this larger thing going to support me and what fulfills me? You know? Yeah. And I, I think the trial and error way of uh, going after something or trying new things is sort of the only way to um, to really carve your own path. Because just if, if, if you're following a formula, whatever it might be, is like, this is a way to sustain yourself while being an artist. It's just, by the, the very nature of following a formula means you're not figuring out if it's the right thing for you. Um, it, and it, it's kind of ironic or that, um, you know, we're trying to, it, it's funny to try to talk about how do you go about doing a thing? The whole point is that we're saying this thing is something that shouldn't have rules. But so the, it, the same way that I talked about my experience with architecture school, that I, it wasn't so much that I learned how to make certain types of forms or that I learned about, you know, structure and how to do uh, drawing plans. But in that program, I felt like I learned how to think for myself. Mm-hmm. That was just, it is something like a muscle. It, it, it's, it's, it's something that the more you do it, you get better at. And I felt like I was building in that, in that really open environment, like where I could just make whatever. I, I felt like the, the, the um, professors really encouraged us to, um, to think outside the box and and then the idea was you go to grad school after that program for architecture and mm-hmm. you, you you know you you learn some more practical things to but it's almost like better to start wild and rein it in and then now um i another irony in the art world is that you it's only natural is human nature even money aside we feel good when we have other types of um, reinforcement because we've been trained that way our whole life yeah. you want an a on the test because then you can breathe at night you know okay well I I studied I got the good grade now I move on to the next assignment and so um, it's it's not easy but it's it's ironic that that art is supposed to be or I think the only way that I can really define what it is is it's sort of everything that doesn't fit into another category mm-hmm. it's just this it in it and it's amazing because it can't be defined and you're killing it and you're restraining it if you're if you say that if you define art oh my gosh like we've talked about these things of uh, you know getting to art school and you just you're in these critiques and you're talking about art and these rules start coming up about that just start again like making the art putting limits on the art you have to be able to walk around the sculpture why who cares what you have to do if it if it's awesome and you're pushing boundaries you don't have to it could just only you know you can maybe only see it if it's one inch from your face it doesn't I mean there's no there's no set rule for how you have to experience art or sculpture so I just think that um that um what I personally the, the biggest thing that I've gained aside from just being so excited about these ideas we were just discussing um that I want to you know put into my art it's the, the greatest thing that I gained from my schooling, from my parents, and just my different, my, um, in the time since school, mm-hmm. is that it is so important to, to trust your gut, to be able to still be critical in the sense that if, if what you're, you're creating isn't, isn't, there's, it's not about being so satisfied with with everything that you do it's about knowing that everything you do is just a little um manipulation of of you're just tweaking the the um the way you look at it maybe yeah i'm like you're it's just everything that you do is just helping you get closer to something you're going after and then once you get closer to it more exciting ideas come to mind and then you push further and Mm -hmm. and um you you can't you can't find anything new if you if you if you think you know what you're trying to find that 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 doesn't that that isn't like a logical um uh even the idea of um like I guess a lot of artists do try to, to like visualize 
they're trying to create something that they visualize and that's that's awesome it's not that i'm saying you can't do that but it's still no one quite has an idea you're still there's a reason to feel propelled to make art because you just have to and because you think it's going to get closer to some kind of truth it'll expose something about a reality it'll shift the way you think about something and the only way to do that is to be able to push aside any type of rule any kind of any kind of um uh, like cultural um convention pressures from someone who came before you and and the and and i've i've found i, I still get insecure for sure but i I know I do the thing I feel the most sure about is that that I feel like I've I've gained um, I've gotten better at doing that and that it has served me I even I talk I've, I've said oh you don't you don't need re uh, uh, to reinforcement but I I think from if, if you can get to the place where on your own you you feel so excited because you look back and you say wow I really I just went after that um, I, I followed my gut. I followed through. I didn't waste too much time, um, trying to halfway please other people and, you know, compromise. Um, you know, I was really critical. I was, I was, I was, you know, doing a lot of thinking. Um, but, it, and then you, you see that what came of that, just some kind of progress, whatever that means to you. Like in my case, I just felt like my sculptures over the three years of school went from being something that I wasn't even, ex I didn't even want to present in our, you know, scheduled critiques of these certain dates and deadlines when I had to have this little presentation, um, you know, that are, this is just so arbitrary. Um, I felt, I, I, I went from, from a, a place, yes, yeah, so where my, the, the physical uh, sculptures installations I was making just they just weren't even what I wanted them to be to you know over three years of just putting my head down and going after it I felt like oh my gosh I'm just starting to do it but I'm so glad that I didn't you know listen to a professor telling me to just make something uh, in two days and and because uh, you know, as we've discussed, the pieces took a long time, or, you know, maybe you should be working in this material. It was, you know, they were just, they were trying to help and they're trying to come up with mm -hmm. something, just something to say. But ironically, then at the end, some of the same professors did say, oh, I get it now. And, and of course, it's important to know, even if they hadn't said that, that didn't matter. <laughs> I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, in art school, um, I think that a lot of the times, you know, there's the side of looking at things that is like in a critique of an idea. Yeah. And then, that word is a problem. I know. And I, and I do think that that critique idea is, 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 is limiting in itself. But then I also think, you know, I also did take art classes in college that were kind of geared towards like thinking in terms of possibilities rather than like, let's critique, let's, yeah. let's, let's critique this. And we didn't say like, we would call it a critique and it would be like a formalized critique. It, but in, but the way we were discussing these ideas is we were thinking in terms of possibility. And I think that thinking just about art and analyzing art and looking at art in the terms of like, Oh, what could this be? Or what are the potential ideas here? Honestly, I think, as an artist and, and receiving feedback on my own work, I kind of feel like that is a, a more positive approach to like thinking about like how your work could grow towards like a new idea or some kind of untapped potential that like maybe somebody else sees, but like you're so into your work that maybe you don't see, right, right. Um, you know, rather than like kind of stepping back and looking at an idea compared to like old set of rules. Um, I don't know. That's just my thinking about like, as we're making progress and, and, and rethinking systems and how things are working, like, you know, is it better to think in terms of possibility rather than, you know, yeah, for sure. Then, then this kind of set of rules that we're defining things with. Uh, and, and we, we talked about this um, recently too, that, that if you're a young art student um, and you have a teacher that just tells you just something's wrong it's not, it's not that, oh, you're, you know, ki kids are just too sensitive and we need to just learn how to be tough. It's not about that because you have to be tough to be critical of yourself. But the problem is 
I just say, who is anyone to say something isn't good when it's in such a, it's like looking at like a, a gross, uh, like larvae, as I say, the plural mm-hmm. larva and, yeah, and just like, right. well, that's disgusting, but he's going to become the most awesome thing. You just can't see it yet. So it's, it's not a, it's not about, is nothing to do with like, let's just be positive and not, and not, um, uh, make anyone feel bad. It's not about that. It's about if we really care about the art and the mm-hmm. potential, everyone's potential, even outside of the art field, but just like ability to be creative and 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 to think on a broader scale. The way to do that is to push something forward, not like exit out before you know what it is. Yeah. And and so. Um, yeah, and in, in in like what you said, thinking in terms of possibility would be a good way to put it. Um, I think that sometimes, you know, I think that that can that mindset can be like a deterrent to like how you, uh, like, after you have a critique, like the way you look at like what it is that you made, or you know, you maybe feel make kind of leaves you with negativity or negative feelings. Right, like did uh, the critique go well or? Yeah, yeah, and and I think... It's a weird way to think about it. Yeah, and I think that, like, what you're getting at, like, is, like, you know, is you don't think about it in terms of, like, black and white, good or bad. Right. That has nothing to do with our world. Those are just two ends of the spectrum. We made those up to simplify things and make things convenient and easy, Mm -hmm. but they're not. So instead of... We can't, like, go in denial into the night. We have to. Like, <laughs> well, we could. <laughs> we could, and I mean, we basically are right now. Yeah. Um, but part of what I was thinking about when you're talking about uh, what critiques are like in in art school, I was thinking about how difficult it is to change school curriculum in any um, you know subject matter. Yeah. Uh, in all, and you know, I talked to my uh, my sister, my mom, um, are were both teachers and. They, you know, talked about how much they would try. There have been a lot of changes to try to incorporate the different, instead of having like social studies and English and math all separate, they try to figure out how to relate them so that kids think about things as connected. But it's still, it's difficult. It's not about, that's the other thing. It's not about, um, uh, about blame with this, this whole, but it, cause that doesn't help. It's just about, that doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone to say this, this piece isn't good. uh, This artwork isn't good. It doesn't help anyone to say this isn't good. Just fix it. It's why it's about embracing the fact that we try, it's, it's not easy. I don't think it would be easy to change the art school framework, but it's just admitting like the first step is just admitting that no one has one answer because there isn't one answer. It's going to take a lot of trial and error of figuring out every, oh, well, we shift this and this affects this other, changing the way that we learn in school and the way people get degrees Mm -hmm. is, would be huge undertaking and it's going to take time. But it's, it's just that first step of admitting that we have to, in general, have a more adaptable world um, because it's going to be changing so quickly. It's like by the time we make, we put all this effort into making a change to fit our world right Mm -hmm. now, it will be obsolete by then. So it's, and that's why I guess it's video, like, this whole, so it's like, how can we use the way that we're so connected to our advantage? How can we just become more adept at like what we have at our disposal? And I, I mean, it's, um, I think the way that I can like circle back to the, the way that these ideas relate to practical decisions in like that I've had to make and that other artists have to make in their life to figure out how to make a living. The mindset to me just keeps everything reinforces itself because this view I want of the world is about like embracing every piece of it and not pretending parts of it don't exist because that would be more convenient and putting it in these compartments is easier to deal with admitting that it's all this one thing. It's just this, it's just this like, I feel funny whenever I say it, but it is like seeking truth. Yeah. Just really seeing our reality for what it is, and that will will be changing. And once we think it's one thing, we'll learn more, and and that'll keep it'll keep becoming something else. Well, thank you for coming, mm-hmm. and <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking to them. You know, like thanks for coming to watch. Oh, the thing. yeah, thank you for coming. Thanks for Do stopping by. Yeah, you can talk to that <laughs> one. I'll talk to that one. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and thank you, Louisa, for having us in your studio. And um, so if you guys don't know about it yet, 
the Art Shift uh, website. Check that out. You can see Louise's profile. You can see links to all her social media, her Facebook, and I will have all the linked videos at theartshift.com on Louise's profile. You can check that out on Instagram at theartshift. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube channel or all of this will be on YouTube on the YouTube channel at The Art Shift. So check all of that out and we will see you guys, talk to you guys. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> I was really thinking, I was like, is that my